whenever you're listening to this, th- welcome to the new episode of Dakota Boys Talk Movies. We are going to talk a movie. What movie are we talking, Dakota? Suicide Squad. Oh, I'm sorry. Oops. The <laughs> Suicide Squad. El Squados. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that the in there, or it's a totally different movie. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Suicide Squad. Wow. This was a movie, huh? We're just gonna kinda kinda give our thoughts. We we know like it's it's been out, quote unquote, for a little while as far as theater, maybe cut it on streaming and things like that, but it's out now on disc and and probably the rental thing. What, what am I red box? There you go. <laughs> yeah, like red box and voodoo and all that stuff. So yeah. Wow, Dakota, this was a real most expensive trauma movie ever. <laughs> I mean, he, he, this I feel like <laughs> this movie was everything that I think we all thought the first one was going to be, where it was like, oh, this is going to be the different DC movie. And, you know, I, I feel like that's how they were trying to play up the first Suicide Squad. Yeah, it was going to, it's going to be gritty and there's going to be death and just <laughs> death and. Harley Quinn, yeah. Yeah. And you get that in this with some pretty dark humor and uh, some whimsical elements. and Yeah, whimsical, dark humor, maybe some... Potty humor. Maybe some allegor- allegory <laughs> here and there. Just everything. Like you said... Uh, the former Doctor Who wearing a tracksuit with the, those things coming out of his head. Like, yeah. There's a lot going on in this movie. Everybody's... Uh, Least favorite Doctor Who, <laughs> Peter Capaldi. You know, I can never forget. I, I should remember his name because it's so unusual, but I was like, hey, it's that one Doctor Who before the really good one. Yeah. Yeah, because who was after him? Uh, wasn't it Matt Smith? Or, or am I thinking David of the Ten- bald? David Tennant was in there somewhere, too. Anyway. We're not Doctor <laughs> Who fans, damn it. Yeah. No. I just uh, I just see Doctor Who stuff because every every cookies on my computer and people around me think I'm going to like Doctor Who, but yeah, it exists. <laughs> but The Suicide Squad. Wow. Dakota, I think you said it best when you said most expensive uh, trauma movie ever made. Should we explain what trauma was yeah, to people? Yeah. yeah, I guess you might want to explain that. I think once you explain maybe a few other movies they've made, they might understand. So my introduction to the trauma universe started with a little movie called The Toxic Avenger. It was a low-budget superhero movie <laughs> where this nerd that is just constantly being bullied by everyone um, gets bullied so hard he falls into some toxic sludge and he becomes <laughs> this somewhat big kind of deformed hero that beats up people. Yeah, and yeah, and they made like, what, five or six of them? For, yeah. And, and then own. there was a cartoon show on USA. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Troma is just known for its over-the-top violence, ridiculous dark humor, just gross-out humor. Yeah, gross-out things like that. And it feels and and apparently it's where James Gunn kind of got his ears wet or whatever that saying goes. Got his feet wet. He's getting things wet. <laughs> okay, Stephen. And. Uh, and so you almost got to wonder if maybe when he was 
when uh, Warner Brothers were like, hey, did Marvel fire you? <laughs> Come over to us. You can do whatever you want. Well, I had, That he was like, whatever I want? Um, when it comes to James Gunn, um, yeah, I remember he made this movie called Slither. And it came out when we were in college, and it yeah, was just like 2006, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, and just all like the art students were like, "You gotta watch this film. It's like the greatest film ever." And I watched it, and just like, "Well, this is just gross." <laughs> and then that was yeah, it. gross and dumb humor is kind of what it was. Yeah, and then he made Super, which was that was that what it's called? Yeah, it's just called Super, and yeah. basically he kind of. Almost, uh, he kind of did did something before, kind of before superhero movies even really were huge. But he was already kind of almost doing a deconstruction of a superhero, um, with just like, what if you just put them in the absolute, complete, real life? Like they're just a guy, yeah, who decides he's gonna go get revenge, <laughs> you know, and and kind of almost deconstructed like. Yeah, the superhero in that way, but he—I mean—he did that movie kind of like right when superhero movies were still just—I mean, you had Spider-Man and X-Men and things like that, but weren't like what they really are today—the huge juggernaut where it's everything. But yeah, and so he was kind of—he was known for this kind of deconstructionist humor in the past a little bit, and then uh, just a weird violence with humor in it, kind of attached to it. But then I think. Then there's this whole other crowd that only knows him as the Guardians of the Galaxy director. And then if you only knew him as like the Guardians of the Galaxy director or like the writer of the Scooby-Doo movies, <laughs> then this was probably <laughs> a real shock to you, real shock to the system for what this was. So, yeah, Dakota, now, now this is where it gets, it gets kind of sketchy. This is a sequel to the other one. Yeah. Ish. But then at the same time, it feels like it's very self-aware and saying, yeah, it's a sequel, but we don't give a crap. <laughs> and we're going to do our own thing. Yeah, they bring back characters from the uh, the first Suicide Squad. And uh, everything. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. Right at the start of the movie, everything just felt grimy. Like, kind of just gross. I don't know if it was just me. Well, I mean, it was the world of terrible people. So, <laughs> and then it starts with Michael Rooker, a uh, James Gunn kind of favorite. I like to think of him as James Gunn's muse. <laughs> like works. Michael Rooker inspires me. Well, yeah. Then, <laughs> What'd you say about me? And then, of course, you have Johnny Cash just singing along in the background, and then uh, he, he's not in the movie; <laughs> just one of his songs. Yeah, it takes place in the Blackgate prison that we saw in... Was it Blackgate prison? No, it was something else. No, it was uh, Bell Reeve. Yeah, Bell Reeve. Getting my DC Universe prisons mixed up. But uh, he's sitting there, and I think he's supposed to be like exercising, but he's just playing with the ball, and he just murders that bird. And it's like, okay, well, this is... Right away, you're just like, this is not... It's it's kind of like, I feel like what he was doing there was you almost have like this Steve McQueen moment from The Great Escape where he's like bouncing this ball. But then, so I think it was like your first instance of like, this isn't your granddad's movie because then it's like, he's just bouncing this ball like he's bored in prison. But then this bird lands in the corner 
And he kind of looks at it, and you can't tell if he's looking at it lovingly. And then he just ricochets his ball to just just bust his bird's neck. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, he gets pulled out of this, this I don't even know what to call this room. <laughs> this room with no roof. Like a... Uh... Uh, must be like if you're in solitary confinement, but they want to give you outdoors time. Yeah. But uh, then we're introduced to Amanda Waller, Rick Flagg. Um, then we meet the rest of the Suicide Squad. Uh, a couple members from the original team, Harley Quinn. But not Katana. Harley Quinn and <laughs> Boomerang are in there. And then they go on their, the mission. And man, what a kooky cast of characters! Or yeah, weasel, <laughs> yeah. which is like just a human-sized weasel. I'm, I'm gonna just come out and say this: Did I wonder if when Pete Davidson showed up, they're just like, just be Pete Davidson, just be be, be Pete yeah, Davidson, be a jerk that nobody likes. <laughs> oh, so be myself. <laughs> and then he gets murdered. They all get murdered, and it's like, what is this? Yeah, I mean, this is like before the opening credits. Yeah, I felt so bad for Nathan Fillion's character, even though I laughed so hard at him oh, when he no, died. it had the he had like the funniest death. <laughs> yeah, and it's just oh, I felt bad for Captain Boomerang because this is the only role of Jai Courtney's I ever really liked. And... <laughs> Although Rick Flag got so gets away. Um, I should say on the on the plane ride to the mission point, the mission start point, there is actually a really funny exchange on that airplane ride or chopper ride. What what is that? What would you call that vehicle? The Skybird? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, like a hover jet thing. I don't know. <laughs> so the DC's answer to the Quinjet, I guess. Yeah, DC's answer to the Quinjet. There you go. But uh, great dialogue there and. I felt more for these characters than I did for the Suicide Squad characters in the first one, <laughs> and then they're all brutally murdered. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I mean, some of the, like like he's mentioning here, there were these known actors doing these roles, and it was really just, like, it just built up where anybody could... It was just setting up like you don't know who's gonna live and who's gonna die in at any moment of the movie, and so it kind of, and that's what the Suicide Squad is. That's why it's called that, where it's like these villains get sent out on these missions to kind of like pay for their past wrongs, but it's like they could die for a myriad of reasons, whether on the mission or for trying to escape and have their head blown up. So, yeah, and so he's real. James Gunn really takes that even more to the extreme than the last movie did of what that looks like. Yeah, it's uh, the violence here is uh, they turned it up to an 11, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, yes and no. Like, there were times it was, but I feel like some of it was happening so fast and you were so distracted by humor that, like, I don't know if it always was as violent as you thought or so as violent as it seemed or if, or if it seemed worse because you actually think he would attach you to these people and then just kill them. <laughs> I don't know. If we, we did see Pete Davidson's face explode. I mean, I don't even remember that. So. <laughs> you blacked it out, Stephen. You yeah. were so traumatized. I, ever, I, 
I probably just didn't care because it was Pete <laughs> Davidson. I, I wasn't probably even paying attention he was in this movie that, that much. But And another character gets crushed by a helicopter and then burns to death. <laughs> although although TDK technically could still be alive. His arms might be in rough shape, but he could still be alive. He could be. The TDK. So what does that stand for? The detachable kid. <laughs> yeah. His arms come off and can do their own thing. So it's it's very humorous. Which, yeah, I... <laughs> but yeah, and so what you're realizing, though, is then, then that as this whole team's massacred, you realize that on another part of the island, Amanda Waller has dispatched a whole other team, and you realize that's essentially the team you're going to end up following more through the movie, including John Cena's character, Peacemaker, who's... What's his famous line he ends up saying in this movie? I love peace and I will kill every man, woman, and child to get it or something. Yeah, that's... Uh... And, you know, it sucks because even though he is, uh, he was described as the douchebag Captain America, this movie definitely lived up to that hype, man. Like, he doesn't have a shield. He just has a very large gun. And yeah, I... and a dumb helmet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to admire James Gunn for just taking that helmet straight out of the comics. Yeah, I mean... Well, not just the helmet, but, like, who wears... If you're killing people, why would you wear white pants? White pants, <laughs> and his symbol is this dove <laughs> for peace. It's a dove diving downward, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and another... This is where expectations get subverted in the fact that Polka Dot Man... Seems like he's going to be one of the cannon fodder, and he ends up being a major player through the whole mo- through most of the movie or all the movie. Yeah, him and Ratcatcher two and Ratcatcher two. Yeah, um, you kind of end up caring for both of them, even though they they're villains. Uh, but although it sounds like Ratcatcher two is just stealing stuff, so she's not like hardcore like she wasn't like. Well, Mass and, and Polka people. Dot Man, too, is like, I think that was what helped make them kind of more relatable is that he was a victim of his own mother who basically was obsessed with making her children into heroes, superheroes, and she just ended up making him a freak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, and that was, and that's the other thing that's interesting about this movie is that there's all these dumb over-the-top things that happen, but at the same time, he really hits these these emotional beats of just um, the relationship of a daughter to her father, and then in Polka Dot Man, this relationship he has with his mother and what she did to him and how he's traumatized by that, and, and you under, come to understand that He's so traumatized what his mother did that he just sees his mother everywhere, and he and it's like it's like him trying to overcome that, and and so it, it it's weird how there is like these emotional beats in this dumb movie, <laughs> in that oh. in, in that sense or whatever. But then uh, Harley Quinn, uh, I know people like to see her. But man, did she feel un- she felt mostly unnecessary in this movie? At least how they used her felt unnecessary. Yeah, she honestly, I said this. I think when we after we got done watching this, uh, feels like she has her own mini movie in this movie. Yeah, that has that really has 
that is just enough tied to the main plot to like justify it but not enough where it needed to be that way yeah i thought the action scene with her when she i don't know escapes is that the is that what we're calling it yeah i mean as she's kind of you don't own me her way out of the place yeah i mean as she's liberating herself yeah uh that action scene was great i love the little animated birds that was a nice little touch you know that's the thing they did fun things with her but they were things that didn't matter for this movie though (laughs) yeah and i don't know i i guess i didn't i don't know did james was this uh james gunn wanting to use her in this movie or was this the studio saying Harley Quinn has to be in this movie. I guess I don't even know how all that worked out. Yeah, I have no idea. I feel like there was probably a push to kind of have Harley. I mean, I'm sure he was planning on having her in the movie just because she was a part of the last one. But the fact that she had such a large, I hate to say pointless, but kind of pointless plot. (laughs) She's on screen probably way more than she should be. I'm just saying. Yeah, then for what matters for what this the, the the main point of this movie is uh rat catcher 2 does have a an adorable sidekick who apparently uh is such a gentleman he's willing to shake your hand um felt like he had just as an integral part of the this story uh but he had so little screen time what's up with that who's that rat catcher 2 she has a little rat she takes with oh her everywhere. yeah the little yeah <laughs> yeah they didn't really play much with that I don't know. I, I mean, you'd think uh, he would have had the experience with a baby Groot where he would have done more <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, the other the other kind of uh, runaway fan favorite with this was uh, King Shark. You mean the heart of the story? I guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't really feel like he's the heart of the story, but it feels like people think he is. Um, I think, well, one, it was Sylvester Stallone doing his voice. Did the voice. Because Steve Agee played him on... On on set, right? Motion capture. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm surprised he didn't have... Was he in this movie? There's so many characters. Like, Who? Steve Hackey. Yeah, he was one of the office people. Oh, how did I forget? With, in Waller's office. Isn't he going to be in... So he's he in, probably going to be in that show. Oh, the okay. Peacemaker show. Okay. I'm mostly just stoked to see... I would if, guess <laughs> unless they're unless he's not and the other ones are. Yeah, by the way, they're, they're making a Peacemaker show. Um, I don't know. Still, yeah, it comes out sometime <laughs> later this year. Yeah, that's right. Um, DC fandom event just kind of happened for us. Some of you are like, What's that? Uh, <laughs> check it out there or not. I mean, there wasn't much to check out. There's a few trailers that were dropped that were interesting, but but yeah, uh, and then basically, what this movie is 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 leading to is the villain question mark is Starro. Yeah. Um, I'll just come out and say this. This movie has no real villain. Not a, yeah, not a true villain in the sense of when you think of ultimate good versus evil type situations. Yeah, there, there are, I like to think of it. There's, there's nothing but uh, antagonists and protagonists in here. I There's feel- not even that many protagonists. <laughs> it's like it's almost like antagonist versus antagonist. Well, I feel like if um I I guess there is one protagonist, uh it's kind of Idra Elbus's character, maybe. Is he 
I was going to say maybe Rick Flag. <laughs> oh, there you go. He would probably be the closest to a protagonist. Yeah. Just because he's the only one who hasn't been in prison. <laughs> uh, yeah, we haven't even really talked about Idris Elba, and I feel like it's because he's good, but uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with what he does. He's just like, he just isn't quite as memorable as some of these other performances. Uh, I thought he was he was actually great. I feel like, man, has he ever like led led like a been the le, kind of the leading man in a movie? I feel like he kind of deserves the. Well, I mean, he had that Luther show. Well, I meant like in a movie. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not in the real true sense of the word, because in a lot, in some ways, he's almost he's kind of the lead in Pacific Rim, but not really. And then uh, what was that movie where he's, like, married to Beyonce and then another woman's obsessed with him or something? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's kind Uh, of the lead in that or whatever. But It's uh, basically like a fatal attraction situation or something. Yeah, they kind of just made him the captain and Prometheus. Just just like I feel like they're just like, let's use just Elba because people seem to think he's cool. Yeah, people know him. I think he's going to be the voice of Knuckles. (laughs) <laughs> in the next Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Really? Yeah. Cool. Which I'm like, I could see that. That's kind of a cool voice choice. Voice That's choice. It's fun to say. But uh, I don't know. I guess for me, his character kind of bothers me because uh, he's way too similar to Deadshot. Oh, my gosh. It, it almost <laughs> felt like they just recasted Will Smith. You all, Like, there was a, there was a... He pretty much just was Deadshot to me. This whole, except when he'd put on his mask, and then I'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's not Deadshot. He's this other guy with a worse mask." But <laughs> hey, I thought he had a cool mask. No, I mean like as far as like oh uh, meaner looking or whatever you want to call it, like it had teeth and yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, the art design of it was cool. I didn't necessarily mean worse in that way, but um, that's when I would all of a sudden remember that he was a different person because he's what's his name, Bloodsport or something or not Bloodsport? <laughs> that's a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, uh, why does that sound so right? It is Bloodsport. Is <laughs> see, I said that, and then after I said it, I'm like, "That's a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, though." And no, like, let me look at this. It's not Bloodsport. <laughs> Pete Davidson is Blackguard. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Daniela Melchior is who plays Ratcatcher too. Yeah, I guess I I, I had never. S- Remember seeing her before this movie? I actually remember her name because I saw so many memes about Ratcatcher 2 after this movie came out. Yeah, and about look, King Shark too. Looks like a lot of the other stuff she's been in before this were stuff that has Spanish titles. So <laughs> there you go. Is it Spanish or Portuguese? Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. Um, that's me. Now here's the guy whose last name I get. Here's it, David. Dust Malshian. <laughs> he plays Polka Dot Man. I thought we agreed. And we he just... was in Dune, and we we keep liking him and things. We're just calling him Double D, man. Double D. <laughs> I just, I'll, whenever I see him, though, I just always immediately think, The Bubba Duke! <laughs> From uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh. Uh, but, yeah. It's so, I, I don't know. There's, is it? I don't know what else to even say about this movie. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, can we just agree this was actually an entertaining movie? And I feel like people are putting this on a pedestal. I heard too many people saying, oh, it's like the movie of the decade and DC's like greatest movie of all time. And I'm like, whoa, slow your roll there, bud. <laughs> yeah, this, this is not movie of the year, movie of the decade. But I think that what they did here in a weird way was something special. <laughs> Which is kind of weird to say about a movie like this. <laughs> yeah, and kind of, I don't know, in a way I think it kind of ruined the Suicide Squad franchise And that, hear me out, it feels like it's done. It feels like everything's kind of been like wrapped up. Like I don't think I want to see a sequel Yeah, unless it's helmed by James Gunn where like we get these characters and they try to go back out. But the the problem with going like this is it's, it's hard to do it again because you are either yeah. duplicating it or people are expecting you to push push it, but you can't force the... I don't know. It's just kind of hard where it's like maybe you do just kind of allow this to kind of be it. You do this Peacemaker TV show. You know, and maybe you pepper things throughout the other movies, but you don't. Maybe the Suicide Squad is over for now. You know, yeah, in, just, in this world, which I guess is the downside to kind of basically this is what happens. I guess when you let an a competent director kind of just work. <laughs> yeah. Now they are doing another Harley Quinn movie, right? Um. Well. Fortunately, the actress that plays her kind of came out and said she wants to take a break. I mean, she just, last year, she had just put out that Harley Quinn, and I don't even know what it's officially titled anymore. I think it's just called Harley Quinn of the Birds of Prey now. Oh, yeah, it was like Birds of Quay <laughs> and Harley Quinn's Inde Fantabulous Independence or something. <laughs> Yeah. Did they change it to just Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey or something? I think it was it wasn't it was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey and then I think it's now it's it was just Harley Quinn semi like semicolon or colon semicolon and then Birds of Prey. So I don't know like I've seen so many different ways well, there cuz there was talk of doing another Harley Quinn movie and it was going to be like Harley Quinn and the Joker or something, right? Where they were going to do another one with more Joker to it? Yeah, I think Jared Leto's done when it comes to playing the Joker. Well, now he's going to be Morbius and we're all going to love it. <laughs> you know, I keep forgetting that movie exists. <laughs> I'll never let you forget. Neither will he. I would I would only be on board for that if it was Morbius and Blade going at each other. Yeah. yeah see what happens. We, we all know that's not happening, though, unfortunately. That was the other interesting thing about this movie is there was no, was there even a reference to one of the DC heroes in this Suicide Squad? Well, Bloodsport is in prison because he shot Superman oh, with the kryptonite bullet. Yeah, they do bring up Superman. Um, but otherwise, there's no like cameos really or anything. Like Sean Gunn like plays Calendar Man in a very memorable scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just screams at Polka Dot Man. Which is uh, funny because Double D <laughs> is the voice of Calendar Man in the Long Halloween animated movie. So there you go. It all comes together. Double D, we love you. <laughs> and everybody else loves Double S. <laughs> Sylvester the Sloan, the voice of King Shark. 
Yeah, um, yeah, and well, and James Gunn, I don't know what his plans are, but I know he's got he's gonna be working on Guardians of the Galaxy three and that Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special that's coming out next Christmas on Disney Plus. And then I don't know what he's got planned after that. If if Warner Brothers will try to woo him back again for anything, I don't. Yeah, I really don't know because this movie is cr- so critically praised right now. Well, and th- and that it's one of those unique situations where critics and audiences are, by and large, not totally, but by and large, in agreement that they liked it. Yeah, that is so odd nowadays. That yeah, it's definitely rare. Yeah, and I would. Like I said, I would totally be on board for seeing another one if James Gunn decided to do it. However, in the hands of another director, I feel like it'd just be more of that original one where it's like dark and visually dark and just shooting nameless monsters and drab. Laser beam in the sky. Sky beam. Oh, sky beam, the classic classic sky beam. Gotta have the sky beam. Yeah, yeah. Um, James Gunn on his docket outside of the Peacemaker TV series, he directed all seven episodes or or seven of the episodes. Anyway, I don't know how many there are. He's got the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and Guardians of the Galaxy three, are all he's got kind of coming up. You know, um, I did this with uh, when they released. Oh, I take. Th- but then he wrote a screenplay for a Wiley e. Coyote movie. <laughs> That's coming out in 2023. What? No, not even joking. Oh. So apparently Warner Brothers um, got him to write them a Wile E. Coyote movie, too. It was originally going to be called Coyote versus Acme. It's, oh, this is this movie, Dakota. I didn't know he's the one who wrote this. It's the movie that's going to take place in the Acme warehouse. Did you hear about this movie? Uh, vaguely. Because they were just going to call it, I think, even Acme for a while. And so it's set in the Acme warehouse uh, where, you know, they're the place that manufactures everything Looney Tune characters use. Especially Wile E. Coyote. Especially Wile E. Coyote, which is probably why they ended up changing the name <laughs> to Wile E. Coyote because it's probably going to involve him more. I they, like just kind of heard that they were doing this, so that's interesting. Is it silly that I always thought, like, that was a real company in real life? <laughs> I did, too. And I think there kind of is an Acme. You know, but yeah. But anyway, it's uh, Warner Animation is obviously doing it in the same animation. They're the same animators that did like, you know, Lego Batman and Lego Movie and stuff. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one turns out with James Gunn writing that. I think the only other kids movies I know of that he wrote is the Scooby Doo movies, which were wow. Those, those they had they were interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I only liked the first one. That was the one he had more. I oh, think, I think he because I I know he I think he wrote both of them. I wonder if he had to get into a mood to write those like can't have gross out humor, but there kind of <laughs> is just more kid 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 gross out humor. Um, you know that that movie also had a really cool exchange when Daphne takes care of that guy that's trying to what's he trying to kidnap her and she because it's Sarah Michelle Geller she had to beat him up and. Yeah, and then Velma is uh, that woman who plays Hawkeye's wife. Wow, you just did that. What? You just disrespected I Linda, can't, Linda I, Cardellini. Cardellini, like yeah, Linda Cardellini. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's in other stuff, but 
She's Hawkeye's wife. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> wow. Well, well, I'm sorry. What else is she in? What else? What great thing is she in? Freaks and Geeks? Wow. <laughs> Scrubs? Come on, man. Oh, I didn't watch Scrubs. <laughs> Next but. thing you know, you're going to be referring to that, that guy from The Godfather as Superman's dad. <laughs> well, I, I, that is kind of more what I already do call him because <laughs> I'm not a huge Godfather person. I also used to call Hawkeye the guy from SWAT. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He was the least memorable character from SWAT. That's it, the funny thing. Yeah, kind of. But he was almost kind of more the bad guy in that. Anyway, no SWAT talk. So, one hundred million dollars. One hundred million dollars. <laughs> I feel like we do that a lot. It's a great line. So, I know from one to five. Peacemaker doves. <laughs> Not Starros? Yeah. Hey, there we go. One to five Starros. How many Starros do you give the Suicide Squad? You know, I'm going to give it four Starros. Whoa, four Starros. There we go. I, you know, yeah. I mean, here, it really is. It really is a top-notch movie. And it shouldn't be. That's the thing that, that's, I mean, I think that is the magic of 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 this man, James Gunn, and what he brings to movies because that's what Guardians of the Galaxy are. They're not those shouldn't be <laughs> A-level movies by any means. And uh he has this weird way of just elevating things that aren't meant to be elevated, but then he makes them he makes you think of them as ele- more elevated than they are, which is kind of amazing. I think he's really good at taking these characters that I think are most pe- non non comic book people. Which yeah, is yeah, like the- off beats or non comic. Yeah, because if someone was like, "Oh, hey man, what if I I made uh, a movie about with this anamorphic uh, raccoon and a talking walking tree, but the tree only says one word and like this." This bo- this guy from Earth and this green green lady that's an assassin, she's ninja assassin, and, and a guy who laughs awkwardly <laughs> a lot, but can smash through things. Yeah, just what what if I got them all and put them together and you'd be like, dude, man, this is there's a lot going on here. I don't. And know James I'm- Gunn is like, well, as long as I can work Michael Rooker in, I think we can make this work. <laughs> I'm gonna get get songs from the '70s and '80s too for the soundtrack. I'm gonna be like, oh man, dude. yeah. <laughs> and there and there was a very specific soundtrack to the Suicide Squad too. I will say, like that must be something he thinks about music a lot and how he's going to bring that to a movie. Um, so yeah, yeah. I thought the Johnny the Johnny Cash song at the beginning was really set the tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Um, in in a in a really interesting way, but yeah. So I think with that, we'll wrap up wrap up this review of the Suicide Squad. Did you rate? Did you rate it? Yeah, I think I gave it four. Oh, I, I was going to, and I think I got sidetracked <laughs> okay. by the fact that that this movie should have should be like a two star movie. Yeah, but it's it, just so elevate. Like, and I think I'm just shocked at how he can elevate just something that's so offbeat and ridiculous. Yeah, but so yeah, um, but yeah, thanks for listening. What did you think of the Suicide Squad? Um, we'd like to hear from you, and you can tell us um, either if you're listening to us on YouTube. You can do it in the comments on there. You can let us know on Facebook or in all those places, iTunes, where you can subscribe, um, rate us, and all those things. We'd love to hear from you, what you think of that. Maybe you liked the 2016 Suicide Squad better. Who knows? 
anything you'd like to tell us, you can let us know. And so we thank you for listening to this review, and we'll catch you on the next review. So this is Steven. This is Dakota. See you later. Bye.